Hello, welcome to NC Asian American Ministries podcast. My name is Sammy Ju, your host. From today, we're going to start a new series called The Disciple. Now, Jesus called us to be disciple and to make disciples of all nations. And that is the Great Commission. But many times we just we are confused with the meaning of disciple. Just because you come to church on Sunday and sing three songs and go back home um, and live the rest of your life just like anybody else, it doesn't mean that you are a true disciple of Jesus Christ. You may be called as a Sunday Christian, that you are a religious person, and you proclaim yourself, you declare yourself as Christian, but it could be you could be a cultural Christian if you're not truly following Jesus Christ. You must become disciple of Jesus. You must become the follower of Jesus Christ. So for the next few weeks, we're going to go through a very, very important lesson of what it means to become a disciple of Christ Jesus. Now, there are two big misunderstandings of Christianity. Now, to become disciple, you might think like, oh, okay, yeah, I need to accept Jesus Christ and come to uh, and then repent of our sin. Yes, it is true. But what does that really mean? Now, some people think that they need to do a lot of great works to become a follower of Jesus or to, dis- to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. That is far from the truth because Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 clearly says, you are saved by grace of God through faith in Christ Jesus, not by your works. So no works can save you. Other religions may say you need to do a good works before God, before people to earn heaven, to earn favor from God, to earn grace of God. But that is lie, Satan's lie. The Bible clearly says there's no one who can save themselves by their works. It is only by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. So that is the truth. Yes, you become Christian. You become followers of Jesus. You become disciple of Christ by God's grace through faith. But another big lie is this. They they think, people think, oh yeah, by God's grace, I am saved and my sins are forgiven. Jesus died and rose from the dead to save me, free me from all my sin. And then they think this way, so I can do everything that I want to do because Jesus forgave me. You know, it doesn't matter what I do right now. I have a freedom. You are totally wrong. It is a big, another lie from Satan. Now, true disciples are the ones who walk with Christ, meaning that they live as follow Jesus Christ, their life has been transformed and changed. So they live a different life. They live a set-apart life, which is different from other people. And then Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we're talking about we are saved by God's grace, not by works, but in chapter 2, verse 10, which is the right next verse of verses 8 through 9 clearly says we are God's workmanship. He created us in Christ Jesus for good works so that we would walk in them. What does that mean? That Jesus, he did not save us by our good works, but he saved us for good works. It means that if you're a true 
follower of Jesus Christ, you will do good works because you are disciple, because you are saved. Now, what does that mean to do good works? Well, it can mean a lot of things, but basically it is this. It is to obey Christ Jesus. So, true disciple of Jesus Christ, they are the ones who obey Jesus. That is that simple. Okay, so today, from today, we're going to go through what it means to obey Christ Jesus as disciples. And the first thing that we need to obey is the great commission that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. So let's look at this verse together. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Amen. Now, this is the last saying of Jesus' statement in the book of Matthew. It is called the Great Commission. Now, if you know Great Commandment, it is to love God and love your neighbor. Now, Great Commission is, as you can see here, it is to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, in this passage, we can find the three, the one, two, three, uh, strategy of Jesus Christ for the Great Commission. What is that one, two, three? Now, one is one commandment, two is two promises, and three is three things to do. Now, if you look at this passage again, one commandment is this. It is to make disciples, okay? So, if you look at in, in this, this passage in Greek, the original language that was written uh, for New Testament, there's only one imperative, meaning there's only one command. It is to make disciples, okay? Now, the second one, the two promises is that Jesus received all authority, as you can see, at Luke chapter 9, verse 1, that Jesus gives the authority to his disciples. So, the promise is that Jesus has all authority and he gives his authority to us. So that is his promise. And then the second promise is, as you can see here, surely I am with you all to the very end of the age. That's the promise of presence. So we can see the two promises, the promise of power, the authority, and the promise of presence, of Jesus' presence with us forever. So those are the two promises. And then the three uh, things to do is this. Okay, the first one, the one commandment is to make disciples of all nations. How? There are three. Number one is to go. We need to go and share the gospel. And number two is to baptize. Baptism is the first act of obedience to God when you come to Jesus Christ, right? And then number three is teach them everything that Jesus commanded us to do. So go baptize and um, teach everything that he has spoken. So these are the one, two, three strategy that Jesus already gave us in the book of Matthew. And this is what we need to obey as disciple of Christ Jesus. So let's go one by one. The one is what? One commandment, which is to make disciples. Again, it doesn't say make Sunday Christian or church attenders or um, the uh, the religious worker. It never said that. It says make 
disciples. Now, who are disciples then? Disciples are the ones who follow Jesus and who obey Jesus. They are the ones who are truly disciples. Okay. Some people I already mentioned to you. Some people come to church on Sunday and listen to the sermon, and then they go back home and they have no desire or no conscience to obey God's will. They just live their life on their own and they just do whatever they want to do. That is not disciple at all. The Bible clearly says the people who are following Jesus, they need to obey. If they do not obey Christ Jesus, they do not truly love Christ, right? How in the world they the Christians who do not love God, who do not obey God? They are not true, meaning that even if they come to church on Sunday, even if they sing some couple of songs on Sunday, they're not going to heaven. They are just like the world. They made a profession of faith maybe a few years ago, but their profession was not truly, is not really valid because their life shows that they, their life is not truly um, the life of disciple. So we must become disciple first. And then when you become disciple of Jesus Christ, you can also, and you need to make disciples because make disciple is not an option. It is the commandment. It is not the commandment for only for pastors or church leaders, but this is the commandment for everyone in Christ Jesus. So even if you are just become a Christian and you've been like about two or three months Christian, doesn't matter. You also need to make disciples of all nations, right? And also, in, as I mentioned, disciple, making disciple is not only limited to one ethnicity, one people group. It must be for all nations. So we need to we need to do that very intentionally. And then how can we make disciples? I'm going to touch on that very soon because there are three things that we need to do. It is all to make disciples of all nations, right? Now the second is the, the second two two promises is are first one is God's power and the second one is God's presence. That Jesus received all authority. He is son of God. He is God. So he has all authority, but he is not holding that authority to himself alone, but he gives, he shares this authority to his disciples so the disciples can do work and they can do ministry, even greater works than they than Jesus did, just as in John 14, 12. So he does not leave us alone without power. He gives us, he empowers us to do the ministry. But not just that, he promised that he will be with us forever. He promised the presence. So he will not leave us alone, but he will walk with us. He will be with us forever. And this is the resemblance. This is exactly what Moses received in Exodus chapter 3, 11 through 14. You see the amazing scenery that God met Moses in the burning bush. And God revealed himself and God told Moses about his name that I am who I am. That shows the mighty name of God. But not just that, God said, I'll be with you forever. Meaning that God promised the presence. So he, is, he did the exactly same promise. Promise of promise, a promise of power and promise of presence and we see the exactly the same promise here that Jesus promised the power for us and Jesus promised the presence for us now imagine that you are going somewhere and with a mission but you have no power you have no presence nobody is with you then your mission will fail for sure and that is no use 
God does not do that. God's strategy is always very clear. He is with us. He empowers us. I remember when I was in the military, you know, I had nothing, you know, it was no experience, nowhere, uh, no idea how to protect myself, not even, not to mention the country. But when I went to military, what happens? They give me the arm, ar armors, so that they gave me the, uh, um, the, the clothes, the army clothes and guns and all those things that I needed. So they give me the power. They empowered me. But at the same time, the army was not just leave me alone. I cannot be an army by myself. I was surrounded by other soldiers together. So we were teamed together. That's how you can fight the battle. And that's how we fight the spiritual battle as disciples of Jesus Christ. We need his power. We need his presence but not just on Sunday but every day so we can fight the battle together uh, with Christ Jesus and that's how we can do ministry and that's how we can fulfill the one commandment which is to make disciples making disciples is with God's power and with his presence now the last question is this what do we need to do to make disciples of all nations there are three things that we need to do first one is go go now, the Bible does not say you need to stay and do what God gives you to do. And if you look at, if you read the Bible very carefully, there are so many times God ordered, God commanded his people to go. For example, you know, Abraham was living very luxuriously and probably richly in his hometown with his family, just like anybody else. However, one day God showed up and said, go and leave your hometown, leave your family members and go to where I direct you to go. So Abraham did not even know where to go, but God directed him to go. That's how he left. So sometimes we need to go and leave where we are to obey God's will. Probably God may not reveal every detail, but we need to obey because He is our Lord and Savior. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, I mentioned, we need to obey Him, not ourselves. So we need to go, but doesn't mean that you need to go to a 8,000 miles away from here. It can be your neighborhood. It can be your family members. It can be someone that you know of, the friends who do not know Jesus Christ. Because Acts chapter 1, 8 clearly says, uh, the power, this, when the power of God, this, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be His witnesses. And then you will be sent out to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and almost the world. So it starts with Jerusalem. We cannot look over. We cannot just jump over to other places so quickly without even sharing the gospel with the people that we know of. So we first we need to go. And then next is baptize. Now what does that mean? You know, to baptize someone who professed to become a follower of Jesus Christ, first we need to do what? We need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the power and presence of God. Sometimes you may be freaked out when it comes to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You may be a you may be introverted just like I am. Yes, I am freaked out whenever I when it comes to talk to someone, right? I would rather just sit down and listen to other people. I'm not an initiator uh, in terms of communication with other people. However, when God empowers us, when God is with us, He can use us no matter what kind of person we are. You don't have to be an extroverted or you don't have to have woo in you. 
but God can use you in a powerful way. But it doesn't mean that you have to actually verbally speak. You can use it. You can write a letter. You can write an email. Any way that you can do, we need to share the gospel with the people that, that, uh, that are around us. And when they become Christian, when they decide to follow Jesus Christ, what's the next step? We need to baptize them. There's no question about it. Baptism doesn't save people, but baptism is a public declaration that they become Christians. And Jesus commanded us to baptize. So it is obedience to baptize and to be baptized, right? Doesn't mean that you have to be a pastor to baptize someone because the Bible never says it should be a pastor only to baptize people. No, it calls all of us to go and share the gospel and baptize people. So if you are mom, and leading your children to be uh, to Christ Jesus, you can baptize your own children. If you are, um, if you're a, if you're a work, if you're a worker, and you led your boss to uh, to follow Jesus Christ, hear me, what I say, okay, clearly, you can baptize your boss. Why not? So we can, we need to baptize people who are coming to Jesus Christ. We cannot force people to uh, be baptized or we cannot force people to be saved. Of course, it is God's work. It is their decision to follow Jesus Christ. But when they make that decision, we should not hesitate. We should not wait for too long until pastor comes. We need, we need to baptize them uh, right away, where, wherever they are. Now, the last one is what teach them to observe everything that Jesus commanded us to do. Now, this is very, very important. Now, when it comes to teaching, you might think, I'm not a teacher, you know, I don't want to. So there may be many different ways. You know, you can teach those people through a just Bible study one-on-one -on -one and just read the Bible together. Okay, you don't have to really teach, teach, right? Just read God's word. That's one way of teaching, but not just reading it, but you need to think and discuss about the meaning through retelling the story that you read and also ask a very important question like, who is God in this passage? And who am I? And what sin I need to repent of? And the most important thing is, what should I obey from this passage? And this is something, the Bible study that I'm doing with my church and some other people as well because it really helped us that you don't really have to have a teaching skill, but let the Holy Spirit teach from the Bible directly so the people can learn and truly uh, obey what God says. But maybe some of you have a teaching skill, so yeah, God can empower you to teach to many people in your church and wherever you are in your home. So use that skill to teach God's Word. But when you teach God's Word, do not pick and choose what you want to teach. You need to teach all the 66 books, 66 books in the Bible because God wants us to teach what? Everything that God has, Jesus commanded us to do. So we need to obey what God says, okay? Rather than picking and choosing what we want, but go through word of God one by one together with God's power and wisdom. So these are the three things that we need to do. Go baptize and teach. Go, baptize, and teach. And when you do that, you are making disciples of Christ Jesus. And when you are making disciples of Christ Jesus, you are not doing it with your own power and wisdom, but you are doing it with God's power and with God's presence. What a wonderful promise that we have. So God's commandment and things to do for us are not without this wonderful promise. So trust God's promise. He has, He empowered you and He promised His presence. Many times people do not do that. 
even though they are they know that they need to make disciples but they have passed it for many many years 10 years and 20 years but they have not made anyone a uh, disciple they have not led anyone to Christ to Jesus of course leading people to Jesus Christ is not by our power but even if if you have not even tried to share the gospel there's a problem with you because you are not obeying God's word what you need to do is to do it right now start to do it right now you may feel like you know i don't have any power well you just heard that god empowers you and you must oh i don't have anyone around me i i'm freaked out i'm lonely no that is not true you just heard that that god is with you jesus is with you so power and presence are with you so you can do that but you may still like I still need help. Yes, we are here together. That's why you need the church, the body of Christ. The body of Christ is here with you to go and make disciples of all nations together. So you can learn from them and you can, as you learn, as you do, as, as you learn, as you go, then you will be able to train other people to do that. So this is how the disciples can multiply themselves. So let me summarize this again. Now, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to obey God's word. The first thing that we need to obey is the Great Commission. It's not only for pastors or spiritual leaders or church leaders, but this is for all believers. If you're truly believers in Christ, of Christ Jesus, you need to do this one, two, three. You need to remember one, two, three. What is that one? One is one commandment, which is to make disciples of all nations. And then two promises. There God, Jesus promised his power and Jesus promised his presence with you and three things you need to do is what go and baptize new believers and teach them to observe everything that jesus has commanded you to do then as you do that you experience his power and presence and as you do that you will see the fruits being made that you are making disciples of all nations as jesus commanded you to do and that is how you Prove yourself as disciples of Christ Jesus. John 15, 8 clearly says, bear fruits of you and you will be proven as his disciples, right? So we need to bear fruit and we need by making disciples of all nations. So let's obey Christ's command, this great commission to gather for his glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for your wonderful uh, word today. Father, um, we, have, we have misunderstood what it means to become a Christian in many ways. There are so many cultural Christians and we repent of that because we thought that going to church and listening to sermon were everything that we need to do. But that is not really true because we need to um, follow and obey what you have said to us which is to make disciples of all nations we thank you so much for this to promise that you empower us and you are with us you walk with us so that as we go and baptize and teach everything that you have said we will experience your power and presence even more and then as a as a result we'll see the fruits are being made through making disciples of all nations father please help us and guide us to remember this but not just to remember this but also to implement this in our life to obey this so that we will truly be proven as your disciple we thank you praise you in jesus's holy name i prayed amen